Hey everybody, it's me Amanda with Once in a Wild. Welcome back to another Once in a Wild Wednesday and we have a special guest on the show, a human coming onto the show, an extra human. Not just me, I think you're human, right? Yeah. Are you human? <laughs> For those of you that are just joining us and have never seen the show before, this is Once in a Wild Wednesday. We broadcast each and every Wednesday evening, of course, at 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. Alrighty, everybody, welcome back to Once in a Wild Wednesday, and I have a special guest. Now, who are you? I don't know. I forgot my wallet. I forgot. <laughs> Hi, guys. My name is Clay. I'm from uh, YouTube's The Wild Side with Clay, and I also work uh, for the Abilene Zoo in Abilene, Texas. Oh, my gosh. We're going to yeah. have to talk all about we that yeah. in just a little bit, and don't worry. You're going to get Clay's whole life story, and yeah. we're actually friends. We've known each other for a long time, um, but if this is your first time visiting us, I want to make sure that you guys know that this is a free program, but we do have ways for you to donate to our zoo, and what are we in the first place? If this is your first time joining us, we are a mobile zoo, so we educate the public. Um, we, we go to classrooms. We go to nursing homes for animal therapy. We can bring animals to your birthday party, whatever it may be, but we do rely on your, it sounds fun, right? We rely on your funds uh, to keep going and to keep our animals taken care of and fed, so so if you guys have it in your heart to donate to us um, without booking your own encounter, that's the best way to help us out is by getting your own animal encounter, maybe picking the animals that you would like to meet, etc. You can let me know in my number down below um, if you would like to book that. But another way you can help us out is just by leaving a donation. You can leave a donation to Venmo, Cash App, and we also have a PayPal. All the handles are the same and the links are down below. It's at once in a while. We also have at onceinawild.com a animal wish list on our Amazon wish list. Animal wish list is an animal items wish list on our Amazon wish list. So you got lists on lists. There's lists on lists everywhere. So that's a really simple way as well to um, donate items to the animals. So that's a couple ways that you can help us out. But if you would like information on your own animal encounter, whether it be in person in San Antonio or virtually like this, we can actually bring the zoo to you through Zoom, a Zoom room. A Zoom. Emphasis on zoo, right? And it's Let really me know easy. If you're interested. These guys need the help. Uh, all these all mobile <laughs> zoos, they can really use your help in this new virtual time. It just takes your phone. Use your phone. Logo plug. Hey. Use your phone. Venmo, <laughs> PayPal, Cash App, all that stuff. Help her out. Very, very good. So thank you guys for listening to my little spiel. I want to make sure that everybody knows about that. And uh, let's go ahead and just see who's chiming in really quick. It looks like we have Robert. Hi, Robert. Hey, so as Robert. you can see, Robert, we can actually highlight your comments down below. This is always an interactive uh, encounter. Or... Robert's a great guy. Oh, really? Uh, I've known Robert. Do you know who this a... is? Yeah, I do. I've known Robert for <laughs> quite a few years. Good to see you, Robert. Uh, big fan of me. Uh, and we've, we've talked in the past. Awesome person. I see Ricky's also here. Too. Fantastic. And Donna, who's my mom. Hey, hey Donna. Hi, Donna. She typically watches the show, very supportive. And Ricardo, aka Ricky, who is, of course, the other co founder of Once in a Wild and uh, responsible for all of our beautiful graphic designs on the show. I've overlay. always said these, you all have the most beautiful color scheme, most Thank beautiful you. theming. I work with a lot of different groups. When For the wild side, I just love this place. It always feels like a party when you mm -hmm. look at their, their theming and when you hang out with them. It's like a party. Speaking too. of party, it's somebody's birthday today. Oh, thanks, Ricardo. I appreciate that. It is my birthday. And You're you said, welcome, Clayton. Thank you. My name is Clayton. Uh, thank you. You do birthday parties. So we sure I, do. I feel like I'm getting a personalized once in a while birthday party yeah. right here tonight. I'm having well, animals all over enjoy. the place. I hope you enjoy being here. And what an occasion to be here on the show. Thank you. Well, thank you for being here uh, again. And we all have been having a lot of special guests on mm -hmm. the live stream lately just to kind of mix it up lately. Mm -hmm. It used to be me all by myself. 
thanks to COVID yeah. and thanks to just, you know, in this it purple simple. void that we're in. Yes. In the purple void in the studio here, <laughs> as you can see. Um, but we've been having a lot of special guests on the channel lately. If you want to check out all the other videos, you can actually go to our YouTube and subscribe, subscribe to both of our YouTubes, oh, by yeah. the way, where can we find your YouTube? So very easy. Go to the search bar and <laughs> get, just type in the wild side with clay. That's me. Uh, it's an animal uh, video series. We do once a week episodes mm -hmm. and we go all over the place. Zoos, outreaches, um, accredited facilities. There we go is. into conservation projects. Yeah, there's the wild side right there. Um, <laughs> and you can search for videos like Amazon River Dolphins, Black Rhino, Reticulated Giraffe. Uh, we've done Muskox, Three Banded Armadillo. Just in the studio alone, we've done uh, Giant Flemish Rabbit. Yep. We've had Jackson's Chameleons in the show. We've had African uh, Bullfrogs. So a lot of cool species just from once in a while alone. Yeah. If you go to our YouTube channel, hit the playlist button. She has her own playlist on the channel, and she's one of the preferred uh, channels that you can subscribe through through the Wild Side. So make sure you give us both a subscribe here tonight, and of course, find the Wild Side on any of your social media platforms because I like going all over the place. It's so much fun. Us too. We're all over the place as well, and that's a great free way that you can help us out mm -hmm. is to really help us uh, expand our audience through liking, commenting, subscribing, you and know, share, the drill. sharing with your friends. Sharing, that's it. That's all tagging your friends. <laughs> a what giraffe? <laughs> a reticulated giraffe. I know what that is. Yeah, there's different kinds of giraffe, Maasai giraffe, reticulated giraffe. Uh, but <laughs> here in the United States, when you go to a zoo, you typically see uh, a reticulated, reticulated. giraffe. Mm -hmm. Now, sometimes they call them Rothschilds because there's oh. different subspecies of that. Right. But reticulated through the breeding programs we have here in the United States mm -hmm. is pretty much what you see. And reticulated just means a type of pattern. It's kind yeah, of like, exactly. a, like a like a certain type of pattern, like reticulated python mm -hmm. is another type of And when we did the that video that with them, I mean, I'm standing right in front of them, just a, a thing. It was at the they're Appling not here, Zoo. but no, they're not here. They could be. And uh, I mean, these animals are 15 to 17 feet tall. Yeah, <laughs> Eat the lettuce. And the tongues on these animals are like Gene Simmons, just a super long tongue, <laughs> taking a piece of lettuce and right up it goes. It was, a, it was amazing. What a great name for a giraffe. Yeah, this is Gene. Gene. <laughs> <laughs> like a Bob's Burgers kind they of They have a prehensile too. tongue. They do. Don't they? I think we'll see some prehensile stuff here later tonight too. Look who's here. The orca. Oh yeah, this uh, a friend of my a friend a follower off of Twitter. This is Sebastian. He's fantastic. Loves Hello. zoos, loves aquariums. Great supporter of all things. Hi Sebastian, Wonderful. good to see you, my friend. We love orcas as well. I was just at SeaWorld not too long ago. Just call them killer whales. Can we just call them killer whales, folks? They're I killer like whales. Both. I like I mean, both I'm, names. I'm a fan I of the killer whale. <laughs> Shamu. I'm saying Shamu again these days. Shamu. I know. I noticed Shamu wasn't really a thing anymore at, at SeaWorld. Yeah, sometimes they it. pivot, you know? Yeah, so I'm a big fan of Shamu. Absolutely. I, I'm a big fan of killer whale. But if we're going to say orca, that's fine, too. That's fine. That's actually their um, scientific name. It is. Partially. But if you look at most research papers, they refer to them as killer whale. Right. Even right. in the in most scientific of texts. Whale killer. Yeah, whale killer, the Spanish, Vianna Matador. It doesn't say anything about uh, orca. It's mostly killer whale in there. <laughs> Very, very good. I don't know how we got on that tangent. Well, we Sorry. will keep um, <laughs> checking in on you guys as you comment. We'll try to uh, answer all your questions and address your comments. Anything to encourage us is much appreciated. Thank you very much. It's always an interactive affair out here. And um, But I do want to make sure that we have enough time to talk about what we want to talk about. So we have Clay on here to kind of tell uh, you guys a little bit about his backstory. And we actually met at SeaWorld. That's we where we met. Yeah. <laughs> I spent 16 and a half years at SeaWorld San Antonio. Mm -hmm. I did. Park operations where you're cleaning up the stadium, the Shamu Stadium, cleaning up after that. Pretty cool. Um, I did uh, animal ambassador stuff, similar to what we're doing yes. here. Did that for nine years. I was the social media director for six months. That was a quick wow. little jump off the highway. I did dolphin interactions mm -hmm. for four years. I oh, did sea lion right. shows for two years. 
I did countless entertainment aspects, firework shows, uh, summer night shows. I also wrote my own animal wild day shows and mm -hmm. produced those with the team at SeaWorld and brought in animals. And I had, it was the coolest moment of my whole career was I, the, the billboard there had Jack Hanna, oh, Bindi wow. Irwin, and my name all Aww. one after another. It was, it was so That's surreal so <laughs> to be an inner city San Antonio kid. And you're up there with these internationally renowned That's wildlife so cool. experts. So it was really cool to share that stage. Mm -hmm. But after 16 and a half years at SeaWorld and meeting people like you and all of you, the Sebastians of the world, the Roberts of the world, all the folks on here watching. Um, I, I just, I just hung up the wetsuit about a week ago. Put the whistle on the, on the thing, and um, we're moving, we're moving on down the road. And it's really scary because you know. Oh, I bet. My whole life, I learned to drive um, right around the same time I started working at SeaWorld. How so old were you when you started? At SeaWorld? A 16, 15, oh, going on 16. My. Yeah, I was a little baby. I was, <laughs> and uh, and it's kind of funny that today's my birthday. You know, kind of yeah. retrospective kind of oh. things, but. We, I drove my Ford Bronco to work, mm -hmm. come home, started from the bottom. I know that car. Yeah. I remember that. <laughs> I think it's outside. Yeah. Um, and, <laughs> <Very> uh, <laughs> and it's, it was hard after 16 and a half years to say, I'm going to move, I'm going to move on to something else. Cause you're so used to having that logo at SeaWorld oh, logo sure. ingrained. It's like home. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's cool. I also, I've seen kids grow up, people like Sebastian and other other people that come to SeaWorld. I've seen them as little kids and now they're Aww. teenagers and that's that's a really cool experience. But now we're moving. We're going, my entire family is moving to the Abilene area, Abilene, Texas. So mm -hmm. hi, if you're from Abilene, good to see you. I'll be coming there on Sunday. Um, He's excited. Yeah, I am. <laughs> Starting on Monday, I'm the new supervisor of conservation and public relations. Hopefully, hopefully doing a lot more of this, but mm -hmm. through a, the accredited facility. Wow. And then my wife, uh, Hope, who I hope is watching, she probably is. We hope Hope is watching. Hope, Hope, Hope. Uh, uh, she is the manager of education, so she'll be doing camps and outreaches, and oh, awesome. it really is a cool She's opportunity. She's great at that. <laughs> There's no world where you get offered you and your wife to right? go somewhere together in something you both really are passionate mm -hmm. about. So but that's also where you guys met. That is, we went. We sea met World. at SeaWorld across the dolphin pool. So, oh, yeah. Tell when, me about that. You want to hear a funny story about that? I would love that. I know. I know that relationships out there. If you're single, heed my warning. So, <laughs> uh, she liked me. I didn't know that. Right, she, she invited me to a Halloween preview. Hollow Scream is kicking off twenty years. Yes, we can't right wait now. to go visit. Yeah, mm -hmm. I would love to get scared too. Yes, if you have tickets, any friends know my way. We just got passes, so we'll I definitely should probably be doing do that, that now. I don't mm -hmm. have a card in my pocket. Oh, anyway, um, you can probably get it. <laughs> my, my now <laughs> wife asked me if I would like to go to the preview party. I said I'd love to go to this preview party, and uh, but I thought it was a friend. Thing. She was asking you out. Yeah, you didn't realize. I that. didn't realize that. So I took a date <laughs> to my date. Oh, I, no. Yeah, I asked a girl. Yeah. It worked out fine. But then what happened? Well, we're at the thing and she go. She didn't talk to me the whole night. She's just walking away from me. And I'm like, what's going on? So I call her afterwards and I said, hey, I thought we were supposed to hang out at this uh, preview party. Yeah, I thought so too. And she was like, <laughs> I, she, I think the words she used were, I like you, you idiot. Oh, and very good. And the next day I took just her to lunch. Like it is. <laughs> I took her to lunch to apologize. We started dating that day and good. we're going to be hitting... Um, we are hitting 15 years together next Wednesday. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. We have never broke up. Yeah. Yay. And, and then, okay. So the how long were you guys together and you got engaged? We were sick. We were together for six years. And then I uh, asked her to marry me after one of the shows at SeaWorld that I helped to write, uh, Creepy Creatures. Got down. People were everywhere. I still remember vividly people in wetsuits coming out of the Killer oh Whale show. We were yeah. walking to watch. Yeah. Dripping wet. And yes. uh, asked her to marry me in front of, you know, a couple thousand people. And then. We got Luckily, married. she said yes. She did say yes, everyone. and she hates public stuff, so that oh was kind of fun. And then we got married downtown San Antonio on the Riverwalk, ah. and uh, 
three kids and a couple mortgages later, you know, we're yeah. we're off to the races. Awesome. So you never know when you're going to meet nope. the right person. You never know. This is not my person, though. She's somewhere else. This is someone else's person. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> and my person is Ricky, yeah. who's the co-founder of Once in a While. Yeah, so we comment. work together as well. And he's been commenting the whole time. Hopefully, Hopeful will comment. She's not angry anymore. Right? <laughs> yeah. She goes to that. Still again. angry about that party. Street. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's a wonderful, you know, I know it's probably bittersweet. Obviously, you made all yeah. these memories, you know, at your home and your hometown, mm -hmm. right? Are you from San Antonio? Born and raised. I love this city. Me too. <laughs> I have moved away several times yeah, and always come time. crawling back. So maybe you want to know. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Sorry, I believe <laughs> San Antonio is better. <laughs> I mean, it is the seventh largest city in the United States, and Abilene is the twenty seventh largest city in the state of Texas. So oh. there are going to be some vast differences. Yes, but know? it's not that far. There's only one HEB in Abilene, so I'm at least there's one. There is one. <laughs> That's yeah, good. I don't know That's what fine. I'm going to do. So um, what are you going to be like kind of handling and doing at Abilene? We're going to be bolstering their conservation fund, getting more uh, funds to conservation projects all over the world cool. through the zoo. Uh, today was World Rhino Day. They oh, have, awesome. They have yes. a black rhino there, macho there. So species and zoos are your connection to the wildlife. They are how places like this. We're going to connect you to wildlife here on the show today. Absolutely. But that is your connection to wildlife. So how can I take that physical connection of seeing a species and, and maybe touching one on a tour and putting that into action in the field. Mm -hmm. I've gotten to a chance to be in Africa. I've gotten a chance to be on the coast of the United States. I've gotten a chance to be in a giant bat cave full of 23 million bats. I've gotten to see a lot of really cool conservation. Mm -hmm. but I bet you a lot of you folks out there haven't heard of these places or seen these things up close. So how can I connect that community at the, at the Abilene Zoo? And hopefully we'll stretch that mm -hmm. footprint out and connect it to conservation projects, saving antelope in Northern Russia or helping the African wild dog in Zimbabwe or I don't know, trying to rediscover the thylacine in mm -hmm. Southern Australia. Maybe not the third one, but you never know. Hey, uh, you you, never know. I've heard of Stranger Things. Um, also, what type of conservation work are they doing currently in Abilene? I don't know. Right now, there's, I'm, I'm learning myself. Uh, okay. some, of the, something, some of the stuff I'm learning is they're doing a lot of research with the species mm -hmm. in the zoo to see okay. how that yep. can apply to wild species. Very important. And then sending funds, I think, is currently their main their main conservation step okay. is just funding Fair researchers. Enough. But I sure. do want to see a little more collaboration between researchers and in, in conservation projects, bringing those folks here, learning from them, and then mm. us going there and learning and yes. teaching their people too. So there's some Very future cool. for the Abilene Conservation Fund, Abilene Zoo Conservation Fund to come that's up. That's going to so be part tuned. of what you're going to be. In yeah, that's really, really yeah. Cool. And the other part is public relations, answering the press releases, answering the phone calls, <laughs> uh, answering for the, the tough one stuff. H-E-B. <laughs> I know, one H-E-B, I know. <laughs> and then doing this, I, the, one of the big responsibilities they'd like me to do is go on TV, go on radio, talk about animals, talk about conservation. I can do that till I'm blue in the face. Uh, and we, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited to do that. You're not a talker at all. No, I hate it. <laughs> and you're very shy. Very shy. <laughs> so what, um, what else can we talk about? Mm. So what are you looking forward to the most for, for being there besides that? What am I looking forward to the to most? Uh, when I get to the zoo, all the species. So work, I've never been. I've worked for I worked with 110 species okay. uh, in my life. Marine mammal, That's terrestrial. Amazing. So which? Wait a minute. Which one's your favorite? Do you have a favorite? I get that a lot. Or maybe I, like your three favorites. I don't have a favorite. To work species. Um, sure. Oh boy, that's and maybe tough. like a dream species. Too? Dream species is pygmy hippo. I mean, really, by far. Yeah, that's, that's random. I know, isn't it? <laughs> I want to work with a pygmy hippo. I don't know why I'm infatuated with pygmy hippos, but I think they're just the coolest cool. animal on the planet. So I'd love. To, I've always asked. Even there was a, day, a time at SeaWorld where we were discussing new ambassadors, and I was trying hard to get us a pygmy hippo that I could like walk on the pathway. Oh my gosh, came to fruition. Uh, but that's the dream species species that I've worked with that I absolutely enjoyed 
vehemently was the uh, African crested porcupine has always oh, been yes. a big favorite yeah, of mine. <laughs> um, birds of prey have always been yes, a big favorite too. of mine. And, you know, believe it or not, I really enjoyed my time with equally the bottlenose dolphins and the uh, California sea lions. That was a lot of fun. They're very smart. Uh, and I say smart as, as a way of maybe the way they picked up behavior. Because yes. um, I don't think they can do trigonometry. But the way they... No, <laughs> but they're smart. <laughs> the way they figured out behavior and the way we apply that I can't do trigonometry. I can't. I can't. <laughs> Siri, help me with trigonometry. Or any math, for that matter. <laughs> is that math? <laughs> Wait. <laughs> but if I had to have a favorite animal, it's her name is Susie. She is a 50-plus-year-old umbrella cockatoo that lives Oh, yes, absolutely. She's the, gra Yay. the greatest animal on the planet. Aww. And when I was leaving my last week, um, Kelly, who works in our education department, uh, made me a two-foot-tall by three-foot-wide print of Susie mm -hmm. and I from, like, 2009. And it's one of my favorite pictures. It's by a photographer who's now passed. It's in a, a uniform that I don't have anymore in an era that I don't exist in anymore. So it really is beautiful. And I... I've already marked out a place in my new office to hang that thing. Very good. Very proud. And I, if Susie, if you're ever looking to jump ship, hi, come on over and you can join me. In fly, on over. Yeah, fly on over. <laughs> Is that the same cockatoo that was there like from years and years yes, ago? Yes. Yeah. She was a, a surrender pet in the 80s. I remember her. Surrender pet in the 80s and then went to uh, Bush Gardens and then ultimately SeaWorld for uh, one of their shows. I think. And then landed in the ambassador team in 2005. Right. And she's been on okay. the team ever since. I joined the ambassador team. And, 2007 2008 somewhere in there that's probably why, right and when we met she, uh, mm -hmm. that's where she that's where i met her and taught her to fly helped teach her to fly. did she like you immediately or was she kind of a relationship builder she likes to test people so like mm -hmm. when you hold her she likes to rotate her feet back so that you turn her hand mm -hmm. she does that to new people so she mm -hmm. does like to test the relationship but nowadays smart. Mm -hmm. I, I feel like we could test the theory if we put her in a room and i had maybe 10 people surround her i think she'd walk to me mm -hmm. and maybe that's just me being that hopeful makes but really special i i love that bird a lot hmm. yeah and that's one of the on my last day they brought her to see me off and that was like because oh. you weren't really on that department anymore that department, obviously you they were brought more her in. in sea lions yeah. and other animals like that they brought her to sea lions so i could hang out with her for one last time which is really cool you know <laughs> so cool. for those of you who kind of maybe followed me at at, at sea world over the years and mm -hmm. saw the shows there was a lot behind the scenes where it came to building relationships with the people uh, building a with the animals so the shows are great the rides are great the events are great at sea world san antonio but I'm going to miss most my coworkers and, and the animals that mm -hmm. I, I got to love on every day. That's always really yeah. hard at, at any, any yeah. kind of animal job in general. It's, it's so different than other jobs because of course any job you can yeah. say goodbye to people, but you can still text your friend. Yeah. You can't text your cockatoo friend. No. No. <laughs> so that is very hard. And you know, you wonder like, do they understand? Do they, you know, it's hard. It's really hard. I really it's, don't it's know. It's hard not to like kind of cry about it because yeah. I've been through it many times. I, I haven't stayed at a job as long as you have, but even though you are at SeaWorld, you were moving around a different departments. So it's not like you yeah. are at the same department the whole time. Yeah, I did. I did. So I did you flutter around all the places. Yeah. The butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> a little social I diversified butterfly. is all I did. So how come you wanted to move around? Was it because you wanted to try everything? Or no, um, I, I love the show Seinfeld. You like the show Seinfeld? Ish. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not Gosh, a huge fan. Go, Sorry, she's not a big Seinfeld fan. Um, so Jerry <laughs> the Seinfeld. Show about nothing. Well, yeah, the show about nothing. Jerry I Seinfeld. Like <laughs> when the show Seinfeld went off the air, mm. everyone asked him why. Mm, it's, mm. Got, it's got the highest ratings of all time when That's Seinfeld true. went off. Why stop? And uh, <laughs> I have always taken Jerry's approach. Okay. The show's approach, and when it's doing good, 
Yeah. And then people are always going to want you back. And on a high note. Mm -hmm. And on a high note. So mm -hmm. every time that I've that every time that I've tried to leave uh, or move to a different position, mm -hmm. I tried to leave on the highest of notes possible so that people go, "Oh no," or "Can't wait to see can't wait to see you do that again." Mm -hmm. Um because there's other times where I think you sit in a position um too long. Mm -hmm. You just it just it you And it's and, kind of for you too, right? Like yeah. you kind of want to you don't want to stay stale. Also, you want to bring up the new people. We have so right, there's right, so much right. talent at SeaWorld San Antonio oh, yes. right now, young talent that yes. are going to just take over that place. And it's important for folks like me to just move aside and let the new talent flourish. Mm -hmm. So I've always been of the of the accord of move on, get that out of the sense. way. That makes sense. When the when the ratings are high, if they're low, you fight till they're high again. But. No, that makes total sense. Even though I'm not a big Seinfeld fan. Okay. Sorry, a lot of people are, so they don't need her. me. <laughs> Right. I like some of the episodes, like the Man Hands episode. Okay, big the, hands. I like the, that. Yeah. The Soup episode. Soup Nazi. Soup Nazi. Yeah. Uh, the one where I feel like it's another like kind of uh, what's his name not liking certain women. I can't remember the George. Name. George. Yeah. Being picky about his women. Not, Sorry. What's his name? She said George. What's his name? <laughs> Everyone always brings up the marine biologist. If anyone's on here that likes uh, likes uh, Seinfeld, marine biologist is where they pull mm. a titleless golf ball out of a humpback whale's blowhole. Uh, it's a really funny episode, so go look up Marine Biologist Seinfeld. Oh, looks like we have a question from yes, uh, let's do that. Sebastian. Clay. Huh. <laughs> question. Yeah. Oh, uh, do you get to have two departments? Oh, wait. Do you get to have two departments or one? Like, for example, uh, work with dolphins and orcas. Oh, so, so yeah. So where do you work? Yeah, so uh, when I was at SeaWorld, like, it was out. You can do it. If I was it. at Sea Lion, <laughs> that was my primary spot. Now, if they needed help in the other areas because of my experience, I could go to certain areas and help out. But when you're in an animal department, um, you are kind of that is your home, mm -hmm. and they can move you. You know, you could be at Sea Lion for five years, and then they can or, or six months. It really Whenever, depends. Yeah. They can move you to Beluga or, or Killer Whale. Now, or, is that something they offer? Or they say, or they say, "Hey, you're going." Uh, they, <laughs> nowadays, it nowadays it's a "you're going" kind of a voluntold kind of thing. Okay. You, you are going there. This is happening. This is happening okay. for your development or for the development okay. of the All area. Right. Fair enough. Um, but when I was doing do. non-animal <laughs> stuff, mm -hmm. I would be at Sea Lion, and then I would also be an entertainment person doing shows, and then I would also be um, mm. maybe a spokesperson. On the oh, side. Okay, so okay, okay. There were times where I overlapped responsibilities. Mm -hmm. uh, I didn't get paid anymore to do it. You just mm -hmm. kind of do it. Same. Write I shows or whatever, <laughs> whatever the case may be. But as far as animals go, there's not a day where I would do a sea lion show and then run over to do uh, a beluga show. Okay. Well, not that it doesn't exist anymore. Not anymore. at the I'm same not, time. Not, it not. would be like a like a. It would be six a full months move. at a time or something. A yeah. Full move. Okay. You take your locker and go somewhere else. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Got you. Yeah, but so if you if there's anyone out there that wants that kind of career, obviously we both have roots at that location. Mm -hmm. um, be flexible. Be open minded. Yes. Um, keep your head on a swivel. Uh, it's also a, a lot of fun, you guys. It is a lot of Working fun. Working at SeaWorld is a lot of fun. It's hard work. And the most important lesson I think I can teach you is learn that you're probably not right 100 percent of the time. Nope. And uh, and you'll be you'll be better for that. Good yeah, question. listen, take every opportunity you can and appreciate the opportunities. Mm -hmm. Make friends everywhere you go. Mm -hmm. uh, don't burn your bridges. No. Don't uh, burn keep your open-minded, right? Uh, always think outside the box because even though you want to work with, some people have um, the, the mindset of, I only want to work with like orcas yeah, or whatever. Yeah, true. And they're like, wait. I actually kind of like sea lions or, or whatever yeah. it may be. Like I, I went into the field um, kind of pretty open-minded, but I'm a reptile person. I've always liked mm -hmm. reptiles. I like birds too, but I didn't really 
I don't really like mammals that much. Mm -hmm. But then I went into two different mammal departments at San Antonio Zoo and only work with mammals except for our rat tights and guinea fowl. <laughs> and I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. They called guinea oh, fowl and as well. bush chickens. They are bush chickens. They're loud <laughs> as well. I like them. But um, uh, I fell in love with so many species that I would have never even thought of. Yeah. Like, like um, let me think, like Babarusa and Munchak deer and yellowback dikers. I'm like, these are such cool animals. Like so neat. Like my favorite, one of my favorite mammals. But That's a good point. I mean, when I started, Stay I wanted to about elephants and killer whales. Yeah, and, uh, just I've the never, big stuff. I've Only big animals. either of those two. And so <laughs> I'm... And I'm but you've happy. been around them a lot. I've been around super them. Cool. But I'm, I'm very happy with the career that I've had up mm -hmm. until this point, and mm -hmm. I'm super excited about the career that I'm about to have. Very cool. I always like the variety. Like I, I don't necessarily want to work with one species all yeah. the time. I like the 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 changes. Yeah. Go from a lemur to a porcupine. It changes your day. <laughs> Here's another question. Okay. So <laughs> I can so I can likely be a tech repair person and a trainer at the same time. <laughs> well, no, that's not really true. So <laughs> you would have to pick like your major. So like your major is the trainer. And then later on, they're like, hey, we have some extra hours. Do you want to be a tech repair guy? It's a great yeah, impression. I do. Sure. And then, but your main job is, so shoot for the job you want <laughs> and then take the other jobs that you're like, okay, I can help out. Mm -hmm. But no, there's, you're not going to go repair steel eel and then go do a sea lion show. That's not a, that's not how they operate today. Unless you learn how to clone yourself. And then that's you can do true. Else. You have a twin. <laughs> If you have a twin, that would work. Do like a whole like a whole like Lindsay Lohan parent trap kind of thing. Yeah, you can get away with it. But no, that's a good question. It, it, it can be confusing. So no, you do you repair electronics? Well, after today, I might need it. That's a lucrative position. A lot more lucrative than animal training. And, yeah, and working with animals. Yeah. Very, very good. We'll keep the questions and comments yeah. coming. Uh, let's go ahead and meet some animals. Okay, yeah. It is an animal program, after all. Um, if you guys are just joining us, we're here with Clay. Hi, guys. And he is from The Wild Side with Clay, which is another YouTube channel as well. Mm -hmm. Make sure and subscribe and follow him over oh, there. I wanted to talk your about social media. Yeah, why I started that. So, um, yes, yes, yes. She, she has the YouTube channel once in a while. They do these amazing live streams. Um, there it is. Yeah, she, but she has some very good <laughs> educational content, too. So please subscribe to Once in a Wild on YouTube. Her way of interacting... Uh, with people is, is so good because she can teach you. She can literally teach you anything about these species. And her videos are very good when it comes to resource material. Mm -hmm. um, my children uh, didn't have her channel. They didn't see her channel. So my children were watching things on YouTube that I didn't like, whether it's oh. someone holding a toy and talking for the toy or uh, <laughs> someone getting bit or chased by an animal right. or things of that nature. Even through the kid filters, some stuff still falls through. Yeah. So I remember sitting across the dinner table from my wife and I said, I can, I can do this. I can, Absolutely. I can make an animal video. Mm -hmm. So I called some friends like once in a while, Zoom Imagination, Happy Tales, uh, the folks over at the Abilene Zoo, the Texas State Aquarium. Uh, Who's the insect guy? Who's yeah. the uh, Critterville by Dr. Don Ramirez. Mm -hmm. I, I talked to a few friends and I said, hey, can I come film with some of your animals? Um, I said no. Yeah, she said no. <laughs> there was a writer. I had to bring M&M's only red. Um, but uh, a lot of people said, they, everyone said yes. So I got to interact with some of these really cool species. And I would make a five-minute video about the two-toed sloth. And then, boom, we've got... That was the imagination. Yeah, it was the imagination. We got views. Not and us. then... <laughs> We're gonna go do black rhino at the Abilene Zoo. So who, who can just do that? Who can just walk in and be like, I'm filming a little rhino today. You I thought down. that was amazing. And then it <laughs> extends to now we're going on conservation missions with, cool. with teams. We're going on research missions. We were looking for dolphins in the Gulf. Mm -hmm. uh, we just came back from Bracken Cape with 23 million bats. Tomorrow we'll be at the Texas State Aquarium 
filming in their Caribbean reef. We'll be in the I used pool. to work there too. <laughs> we'll be in the pool with sharks tomorrow for a future episode. Yeah. Um, we've got ravens coming. Do you have up. to be scuba certified to do that. I don't. Or are you I just hope snorkeling? not. I'm just kidding. I am scuba certified, but I think tomorrow. Yeah, I know you are. Program. Yeah, tomorrow's okay. a snorkel program for like the general public because they're, they're. I don't know. If they're yeah. Say. No. They're, yeah. They had okay. this experience. That's what we're going to be promoting <laughs> a brand new public experience. The aquarium will be. I'm going to um, go do that. It's going to be a lot of fun. So that's all I do. I go from facility to facility or group to group and highlight their species because there's so many good resources for you, people watching this, to connect with wildlife. I'm just a middleman. I just love animals and love talking about animals, but you can bring these folks to your home. You can yes, bring once in a while to your next event, um, or you can go visit your local uh, facility. And I'm hoping to connect you with them in my own fun way. And my children are now in the videos with me, which makes oh their gosh. friends think they're cool. Yes. Um, they're not. If you know their friends and they're watching my children, are not that cool. Don't awesome. listen to your dad. <laughs> uh, but anyway, that's, I just want to talk about the wild side. Your so mom please, thinks you're cool. I think you're cool. There is a favorite. I'm not going to tell you who it is. Oh. Uh, anyway, so please subscribe to the wild side with Clay. And we're going to do it every week. We're going to show some really cool content. And what I think is cool is a lot of our videos are seen in classrooms around the United States. And I'm getting a lot of international feedback lately. I've started mm -hmm. adding subtitles. So a lot of our videos oh, are being good. viewed yep. in Japan, the Netherlands, um, Central Africa. A lot of views are coming through there. Korea. So thank you to all my international viewers. And we're going to keep doing this wild side worldwide one day, hopefully. Maybe you'll hit every species. I hope Someday, so. Someday, almost every species. Every week's a different species. But you have some species here, yes, huh? I do. So I thought we would kind of, um, since we're both animal handlers and experts, so try this at home kids <laughs> experts no we, we both are familiar with an animal mm -hmm. handling i can't talk today it's but okay. i can handle animals yeah, it's been a long week um so we're both going to kind of have a species i'm going to have a species that um, maybe doesn't make a good um, at home type animal mm -hmm. for you guys so a lot of times i get this question all the time and i'm mm -hmm. sure you get this question too no matter what species you're working with can i have that for a pet oh yeah can I take it home? Mm -hmm. Can I get one? Can I buy it? And usually the answer that I give is, I don't really recommend most of our animals, even the domestic species for everybody. Mm -hmm. Definitely not for everybody. And even if you have a cat or a dog, we recommend doing your research. Mm -hmm. uh, never impulse buy any animal, it's not a toy, right? Um, so that's our recommendation. However, there are some animals that make far better choices mm -hmm. for families that are prepared um, to take in an animal into their home. And remember they are for life. They're not just for a little while and then give them away. Mm -hmm. However, if you do make that choice and you decide, oh my gosh, this isn't for me, that is what you should do. <laughs> and a lot of our animals are actually secondhand animals, as you guys have uh, learned over the time that we've been doing live streams, over a hundred live streams now. Oh, that's pretty good. Did you know that? I, didn't know I think that. this is like 102 or that's something. A lot of I'm going to look it up. Yeah. Well, we used to do them three times a week. Whew. And then we did it once a week. So yeah, I barely have time to do them once a week anymore, but I'm going to keep doing it for yeah. you guys. Um, but I thought we would kind of compare and contrast. Um, kind of two animals at yeah. once, one for clay and one for me, species-wise. And uh, let's why go ahead and get started. Should growling? we start with... Is that supposed to be growling? Somebody growling. Well, look at him. He's... You want me to grab... I mean... uh, what is that? <laughs> oh, oh, my gosh. I'm kidding. That's not, that's He's actually got the the more... Um, yeah, she gave, she gave me the, the, ins the insurance-friendly choices over here. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> now, I actually trust him handling the animals, but I figured I would make it easy on you yeah, since no. you're the guest. Yeah, Shall I... we start with lizards? Shall we start now with you, invertebrates? You, you pick. You or go shall for we one. start with mammals? Invertebrates. Let's do invertebrates first. Okay, so this is probably this is probably the least common animal that I out of the ones that I've chosen today mm -hmm. for people to say, "Oh, I want one." But it does happen. Yeah, it happens with every species, even rhinos and orcas and everything. And mm -hmm. you say, "No, absolutely not." But I thought I would bring a 
couple of invertebrates. So the first one we're going to bring out. Time, you bring sure, you can you if you want to. I'll show mine briefly and I'll keep her out. She's okay. really, really good. I'm scared to Those guys are a little more scampery than, than this one. Me. So right here we have Blondie. She's. I'm not trying to block you. I'm trying to focus the... Get out of here, Clay. Get out of here. Um, this is going to be Blondie, and she's an Arizona blonde tarantula. Every now and then I get um, tarantula enthusiasts or uh, maybe future entomologists uh, wanting a pet tarantula. Not that I think that a pet tarantula is necessarily a terrible pet, but it's definitely not for everyone. And they are very fragile. Um, this type of animal is um, very uh, easily broken <laughs> if she were to fall and so they're not really good for a whole lot of handling especially by little children we definitely don't recommend that um and they take special care just like all of our exotic type pets right um and they're just not the best pet when it comes to being an invertebrate however this is what i recommend instead believe it or not Look at those. Those are a couple of Madagascar hits and cockroaches. Do you know about these guys? How did I get the roaches? You got the cool. I know. I'm just kidding. This is uh, honestly, <laughs> when, people, cool. when people ask what animal should uh, invertebrate, I think they should get as a, as a pet initially. I always Very vote tough. for the roach. Here's my, my reasoning. <laughs> vote roach. Vote roach. Um, number one, these animals do not bite. No, they are not. non-venomous. They're they not, not poisonous. This can bite. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Number two, uh, these animals require no walking. You don't have to take them on walks no anywhere. No walking. Number three, the food that they eat, the food that they eat is your leftover vegetables from yeah. your plate. So there's nothing new in the fridge. You can put an old zucchini. I'm going to get a little closer to see that. You can put an old zucchini in there. <laughs> you can put, uh, you know, a piece of carrot. You can put some melon, some banana, Let apple, some water. Uh, so that's great. Water-wise, you put a little dish in the, in the habitat. They rarely drink it dry. It takes them a few days. When they poop, they poop out soil. They, they mm -hmm. defecate soil. Um, and as you can see, with some handling, they're quite handleable. Now, the con, yes. this is a non-invasive, this is, this is an invasive species. So yep. if it were to get out, <laughs> Madagascar hissing cockroaches, can you imagine a hissing cockroach flying with the German cockroach DNA in it? So it's like flying, hissing cockroach. It's something my nightmares. Coming out at you. So you want to make sure you have a proper enclosure for yes. them. Uh, another big thing is they can be neglected. I mean, even though yeah. the roaches, they're neglected, they, they can still Again, pass away. Yeah, they're not away. toys. They're, not they're toys. alive. <laughs> you, and you can't sit there and go, hello, Mr. Bigglesworth. That that's not how it works with these animals. Hairless. Um, they, they are hairless, but they are more for just display and to look at. And I think they're one of the coolest animals out here. And fun fact, <laughs> one of my old SeaWorld shows, I used to come out with like five or six of these guys on my face. Uh, just to get the wow factor. And that all started because I wanted to freak my mom out. So do you crowd. pretend like they're not on your face? Yeah, like, I would be like, about? it hurts like a Tommy boy thing. It hurts right here, right here, right here. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, so I love Madagascar using cockroaches. And by the way, she said that's Blondie. This is Maddie and this is Gascar. <laughs> and uh, and you can tell, you can tell right. the difference. Yeah, well, well actually, I, actually, you actually know what? No, this isn't Maddie, this is Mateo. I was going to say this we got Mateo. two boys, but there are some females if you want to show the yeah, difference. Yeah, you want to keep talking about that? Absolutely. Let me, get, let me get Anna out of here. So again, Blondie, like I said, she's a good girl. She's not like a dangerous tarantula. No tarantulas are deadly to humans, but some tarantulas might decide to go ahead and bite. They do have venom, so it could potentially kind of sting, almost like a, like a wasp sting or something like that. I would be okay. It would just kind of be sore for a little bit. Um, but they're also predators, so you have to be comfortable with feeding like live insects to them and things like that. On occasion, they don't eat every day or anything like that. Very, very low maintenance. But in comparison, an invertebrate species that, I, that again, I recommend for uh, toughness, for uh, easy to keep, etc. like Clay was saying, is the Madagascar hits and cockroaches. So let's show a female. Yeah, so here's right here. Look right here, folks. Kind of hard to see, but right in front of me, this back is, up, this oh, is, yeah, a, this there is a male. The see point. how it has the horns there? They use that for environmental or territorial defense. 
they use that. They can control about a square foot of habitat. And then right here, look at this gorgeous little girl. She still has bumps on her head. Sorry, I'm trying to figure out the camera. She still has bumps on her head, but they're not as prevalent. Right. So she's also just a little bit, uh, not, her coloration is different on this, but that's not a particular male or female difference. The horns is what the giveaway is. Now they do hiss they to scare you, to scare their predators. Uh, they can also hiss to kind of show the other guys what's up. <laughs> hey, and that'll... They actually so spar. They'll spar with yeah. these, these horns, for lack of a better term, these bumps. I'm sure there's a scientific name. I don't know what it is. I used to know it, and I forgot it. Yeah, and they, <laughs> they, do, they spar for females. They don't control a female population. And the babies come out right here. The babies are called nymphs. Yeah. And when the babies are born, they're born live. And they're basically self-sufficient after they're mm -hmm. born. They eat we get those own. all the time. Little they're the garbage ones. men of the, uh, of the forest in Madagascar, which is the size of the state of Texas. And we're talking about conservation. It's a big place. We lose a football. We lose a, a football field length of rainforest in South America every hour that takes by Madagascar. Over ninety percent of the rain, the the jungles there have already been destroyed. So if you take a pizza Terrible. and you cut it into ten slices and then you throw away nine of the slices, that's all oh. the have animals there: lemurs, fusa, chameleons, roaches. That's all they have to inhabit. That's native. They have to integrate with urban uh, areas. Right. So. Let's take care of our environments, especially environments so unique as Madagascar. Beautiful. Super cool. And this is a species not found in the United States, right? So this is a species found in the United States, the Arizona mm -hmm. tarantula. Where do they come from? I met a few blondes in Arizona, so that kind of, yeah, that's about the same. Her name is Blondie because she looks like um, somebody that would dye their hair and then their roots are growing out. That's what it reminds me of. <laughs> but she's an Arizona blonde, so I went with the name Blondie. Plus, we have kind of a musical name around here. Um, but yeah, so again, these guys are just a little bit different as far as invertebrates go. Again, they're kind of a predator for these guys. Not naturally, because they don't live in the same place. Mm -hmm. These guys are way more desert type animals than the Madagascar heads and cockroaches. Those guys live in, of course, the rainforest. Um, so these guys, though, they're going to be um, detritivores. You guys have heard of carnivores mm -hmm. like this. She's also an insectivore eating insects. Carnivores eat carn, meat, <laughs> and herbivores. Herbivores. They eat herbs. She's like the Swedish <laughs> chef on the Muppets. Herbivores. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I do like the Muppets. <laughs> So she would be a predator, of course, and she has her venom to be able to liquefy her food, essentially. So she's kind of like a little vampire. So they have the two fangs and they have kind of like a very primitive proboscis mouth, which can slurp up liquids, but cannot chew. Hmm. That's why they have venom. Their venom isn't really for defense. It's actually for just liquefying their lunch <laughs> so that they can drink it up like a smoothie. But they're pretty cool. The, we the world's weird smoothie crickets. I know. Mm, yum, yum. Crickets. You can actually eat crickets. It's not that well, bad. Oh, yeah, I have. Yeah, me too. <laughs> on accident. I was camping. On accident? I'm just kidding. That's not true. You were motorcycle driving? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so these guys are both um, invertebrates, though, mm -hmm. right? But we yeah. have an arachnid and we have an insect. So what are some of the differences? So an arachnid mm. obviously has the eight legs, right? That's the right. insect, look at these antennae. Can you see the antennae there? It's a little hard to see. I know. I'm going to tilt it down. That's how they feel around the environment. Yeah. You can also see their little legs. I wish I could. I mean, their little legs are so finite. These guys can hang on to basically anything. Look at that. You know what they can't climb up? Glass. Not, they're not very good at glass. Just for like a hot second. Yeah, and they're not what? like Spider-Man. They can't go up <laughs> no. the top of the Empire State <laughs> Just, Building. Just uh, very temporarily. Yeah. They fall down. <laughs> uh, but these animals right here, show them the body structure. So they have that three that's that segregated Nasty. three sections of the body. They have the fangs underneath. Look at those 
hypodermic like needle thing. Holy smokes! I'm happy you picked picking that. She's such a good girl. Everyone always says that. She is. She is. Until it's like you know. (laughs) Until my face gets bitten off. Are you allergic to tarantulas? I'm not. Do you know? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I've been oh, bitten by tarantulas. Before. I have not been. Not this one. <laughs> She's this live stream could go viral really quick. <laughs> if that happens, I'll just yeah. <laughs> turn the screen off. <laughs> Pardon our dust. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Technical problems. <laughs> yeah, but they actually have two main body parts, right? True, and yeah. insects have three. And insects have six legs and two antenna. These guys have eight legs and two arm-like appendages called pedipalps, which is kind of like their mouth part. It's kind of hard to show on the roach the different sections of the body. Yeah, just they're hard to the see. coloration. But, and we have that helmeting yeah, exactly. section. I mean, where I'm standing, it looks really easy to see. But you can kind of th- see the three sections right through there. Head is tiny. Yeah, very tiny little <laughs> head. I don't even know the technical term for the chest or the... the... Thorax. Thorax? Okay, yeah. well, there this you go. This is a cephalothorax, thorax. so it's head and body yeah. combined. And then you have the abdomen, right? Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then here we go. You got a big abdomen. Tiny head. <laughs> <laughs> got a lot of junk in the roach yep, trunk right, right here. that's <laughs> right. look at the size of the abdomen compared to that thorax, as she was saying. Much, much larger. And again, that's what that on roaches. Thorax. thorax. <laughs> that's actually what Thor's weapon used to be called. This is Thor's thorax. thorax. Yeah. And then they went Should with Should have named Moria. it Thor. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. We already oh, have God. a Thor, though. No He's jokes. one of our favorites. Terrible. You have a, th- a ferret right. named Thor? Yeah, Thor and Loki. Hmm. I mean, obviously. Do they avenge? No, but one's light and one's dark. And one's that naughty and one's nice. Yeah. Is one also uh, <laughs> Chris Hemsworth? I wish. <laughs> An Australian. <laughs> I hope. I'm just kidding. Hi, Chris. <laughs> if you're watching, hi. I'll put these guys down. So, how here. do they breathe? You know how they breathe? Oh, yeah, through the little uh, air pockets on the side of their body. Sorry. <laughs> He's right in front of I'm go. putting them down here. They have little air, air, air holes right on the side of their mm-hmm. body. Just like a, a stingray, they have spheres. Yeah, but but they're not as prevalent. No, they're not. Like, whoa. There's no zooming in to show you the size of these little holes on the side of their body. But that's why these animals are such Fox. survivors, too. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of more breathing points. And yes. people always joke that it's hard to kill a roach. Actually, really isn't that hard to kill a no, roach. blunt but force. The, but they are survivalists, <laughs> and they are adaptable, and they've been around for millions of years. And oh, this yeah. is this is evolutionarily uh, a really awesome species right here. Not to say that hers isn't. They both these are. Animals have been All around animals for are such wonderful. a long time. Yeah, and very underappreciated, also mm-hmm. feared. Um, that's one thing we always want to do here at Once in a Wild and on the Wild Side with Clay is kind of squish, if you will, <laughs> animal fears. <laughs> Not them. <laughs> High five. Just kidding. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> but my way, no. Uh, uh, we want to squish animal fears and misconceptions about mm-hmm. them and misunderstanding. Um, a lot of times, people will prejudge animals before they get mm-hmm. to know them. These guys are perfectly harmless. Tarantulas are also harmless to humans. Just leave them alone. If you see one, mm-hmm. any spider, any bug in general, you can probably just leave it alone within reason, yeah. and they'll leave you alone. They want nothing to do with you. <laughs> They're not out to get yeah. you. They're not even really thinking about that very much. Tarantulas don't have brains to think in the first place. They yeah, just kind of function. Survivalist. Mm-hmm. So uh, they have a network of ganglia, which is a system of nerve endings in there. So they do have some some sort of system that works for them over the mm-hmm. long time they've been around too. Um, but they're not like out to get you. They're certainly not deadly to humans, etc. They get a bad reputation. Bugs in general are really important. They feed a lot of animals. Um, when we get too many of them, that can be a problem. But that's why we have to have predator prey relationships, right? Mm-hmm. So in Madagascar, they've got predators, and in Arizona, she's got prey and predators. Just because mm-hmm. you're a predator doesn't mean you don't have predators as well. That's true. And they're Pretty so vital for the, for the environment. So oh, these yeah. animals are cool. Don't knock them till you try them. They're That's awesome right. creatures. Uh, and I think, you know, <laughs> bugs in general, inverts like this, 
they get a bad rep mm -hmm. probably because historically speaking, these animals are associated with things of, of uh, poor quality or lower class. And that's right, not, that's not the right. case at all. No, They're very, very important. They're very, very important for our environment. So let's keep these animals safe. Yeah. Give I have everyone a very, give, these give a little a kiss. kiss. <laughs> and if you guys want to meet our roaches in person or blondie in person, make sure to let me know. You can actually hold yeah. a Madagascar hissing cockroach for yourself. If mm -hmm. you want to, it's great to get over your animal fears. Mm -hmm. um, Halloween's also coming up. So if you guys want any creepy crawly critter encounters, we are perfect for you as well. Yeah. Pretty cool. I had what? Halloween hissing roaches on the show. Oh, those are cool too. I saw ago. that. Yeah. yeah. Those guys they, are like the, the orange and black. Extremely similar, except very um, similar. What I learned about those animals is uh, conservation. The animals are declining in the natural environment. Oh, but because okay. people have them as pets in the United States. Yes. Um, their numbers are stable. The numbers are up, just like axolotls, yeah, right? Exactly. <laughs> we were talking about that so before. So there is some benefit yes. uh, to that, but please do your research first. I'm Absolutely. sanitizing now. Good job. Oh, wow. It's pina colada. It smells delicious. <laughs> Don't drink it. All right. You want to see have some of that? Have a bath. <laughs> oh, boy. Do we have a praying mantis? That's a great question. Um, typically those type of uh, invertebrates don't live very long. So a lot of times you won't see them in um, collections of uh, people like us, animal outreach and uh, traveling zoos and things. Mm -hmm. They don't live very long. So the Madagascar hissing cockroaches are very unique. They can actually live for up to five years. Mm -hmm. Praying mantis, not so much. A matter of weeks or maybe a couple of months. Crazy. Um, and I, I bet sure your friend that, I forget which company it is, that has all the insects. Uh, Critterville, yeah. Critterville. John Ramirez, Dr. John Ramirez. They probably have a lot more insects and invertebrates than we yeah. do. Yeah, we have a lot too. He also <laughs> is the uh, lead researcher for the Edwards Aquifer uh, group here, so mm. uh, he's out in the field a lot. So I get to do some field work with him, seeing some of those bugs mm -hmm. out in the natural environment, which is really cool. We just did it. We have a video so coming cool. up on the wild side of the Texas, the giant Texas walking stick, uh, and that animal guys. that was about this long, huge. I love them. So we'll have a, a Texas giant Texas walking stick video coming up soon. Um, I saw a question earlier mm. uh, about snakes. Yeah, that's actually Nikki. That's my stepdaughter. That's Hi, Nikki. Nikki. Let's read it's this. It's a long question. question. It is it's a, big a story. One. Okay. Go ahead. I have a question about. Can I read it like of Nikki? Of course. Read really it like voice? Nikki. High or low? Kind of lower. I have a question about. Not <laughs> <Hello. laughs> low. Now, I can clap, whistle, stomp, and he will not flinch. Now, I remember you saying, probably her, because I wouldn't say this, uh, saying <laughs> one time that it's because snakes cannot hear, but there is a, there, as a snake owner who owns a rainbow boa, that was born without eyes uh, and how she feeds him by using a clicker mm -hmm. to let him know it's time to eat. So why is that? How does the snake hear and mine doesn't? Well, I actually think your snake is hearing. <laughs> so bit. we're gonna talk, we're gonna move pivot a little bit to animal training. If you mm -hmm. are, if you are um, introducing stimuli like this or stomping, mm -hmm. all you're doing is desensitizing the animal to those noises. So I do think it actually does hear you. And when it comes to flinching, maybe at first it flinched and then realized there was no repercussion. Mm -hmm. So in turn, learned the behavior. Now, for this person who's using a clicker with a rainbow boa, mm -hmm. obviously they've associated the and the animal cannot hear it. Uh, but I bet you that person is holding it near an aquarium when they're feeding that snake and they're still sensing those vibrations through right. their body. And that is now a conditioned response to food is coming. Um, that's, all, that's all they've done. So you have conditioned a bomb proof Mm -hmm. Snake, an animal mm -hmm. is not going to flinch, a very handleable animal, desensitized animal, and she has conditioned a animal to on a response, uh, classically conditioning that uh, 
to know that there's a food opportunity coming mm -hmm. and she's paired to that stimulus. So it's I've heard about this as well. And I'm super confused because I was always taught that snakes cannot hear. Yeah. Well, I, do I don't know, think they hear very well. No, I, I don't think they can actually, be, I don't think they hear in the definition of which we hear, I don't think so but either. a lot of clickers, if, I mean, honestly, grab one. When you click it, it makes, you feel it. It makes a very strong vibration. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You do feel the vibration because that's that spring loading back. So there's no doubt in my mind that snake can't feel that. that oh yeah. And it. if you think about it and get really technical, hearing mm -hmm. is just, feeling vibration exactly just with super organs that we mm -hmm. have in our ears we just interpretate vibrations differently that's right isn't that cool so I, they, I, I mean they still story. get by and that was a great question nikki as well and a great story <laughs> good job nikki and by the way i didn't mean to correct you guys but praying mantis it's actually praying like praying that's oh not like spell. a praying it's but like... they do both right so they do pray they're predators <laughs> so i love the way you spelled it to bring up a point um but they're actually called a praying mantis because it looks like they're they're praying because they have this yeah. interesting but it's actually a uh kind of like a spring-loaded maneuver that they do with their front it wasn't until this, yeah, it wasn't until this moment <laughs> that i realized the double meaning in their name i've always so just cool. i've always just kept it as the, the the praying but you're right they do prey upon many insects yeah so, so why not they're pretty amazing predators. And you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you, Clay, for that explanation. Anytime. I agree with watching, you. Nikki. I agree with you. It's definitely not their best sense that they can't hear at all. I really don't think that they can. They do have inner ears mostly for balance mm -hmm. because they do have to be able to, you know, balance their bodies just mm -hmm. like we do with our inner ears. Shall we move on to yes. reptiles? Reptiles, okay. Oh boy. Okay, so reptiles. we have a couple of really cool lizards for you guys. Remember, we're talking about one animal that's not necessarily a good pet and another animal that's an okay pet for some families when you are well prepared. And, and Clay's going to get out Eddie, Eddie and I'm going to get out Samuel L. <laughs> Hello, Eddie. All right, I'll start here. This is a yeah, very popular it. item, folks. This is Eddie, and Eddie is a bearded dragon. Sure okay, now watch this. She's going to bring out another lizard that is very, people really want as a pet, but I'm going to tell you something. From talking to Amanda, this is a very difficult animal they to sure keep. Are. So check this out right here. This Whoa. is Samuel L. the Jackson's chameleon. Samuel L. Gets and me you every two time. have met before. I don't know if you met Eddie before, but he's sweet with everybody. Uh, Sam is actually a very sweet chameleon as well, but not a very good pet because they are very fragile, very hard to keep healthy, um, and not really fond of being held a whole lot. So we hold him minimally just for a little little bit of programs, yeah. virtual mostly. And if he goes to a uh, short program, we we take him out briefly and we put him back in. Um, they are really not a good pet for almost every everyone so um but you're very familiar with bearded dragons yeah, so in comparison a much about, more tolerant animal talk about compare and contrast this animal <laughs> just the environment it lives in is so much different so the bearded That's dragon true. is more of an arid uh, maybe even woodlands in Australia mm -hmm. uh, but the chameleon here you're finding in tropical locations in uh, Western Africa or Eastern Africa, I should say. Madagascar is a good These place. These guys are only in Kenya, but other species, of course, live in Madagascar. Yeah. And of course, and the Jackson's chameleon has those horns, right? Or that's yes. what makes them Jackson's chameleon. That's right. And there are several subspecies of Jackson's chameleon. This is the Santhalopus variety, the most commonly seen, unfortunately, in the pet trade, which is why we're mentioning him. Um, the females actually do not have the horns in this subspecies, but some subspecies, um, the females do have. Yeah. It might be slightly different, um, but they're far less dimorphic that way. But these guys do have the cool three horns, and sometimes they're called the three-horned chameleon as well. You can see how he climbs, and you can tell that he's a arboreal species or tree-dwelling animal. Uh, bearded dragons can climb a little bit, though. But not they're not as agile, not, as not, not even close. These animals are sitting closer to the ground. They're coming up on rock outcroppings. Um, they're getting yes. up off the ground in logs to stay cool. And they're one of the fastest lizards on the planet. Take a look at these back legs. Look at these. These are spring-loaded back legs. <laughs> Look at them go. And uh, uh, one paper that was done 
equates the bearded dragon's speed to being able to run across a football field uh, to catch a cricket. And when they run, they run on only their back two legs. Now, their vision is also pretty integral in hunting. Look at those beautiful eyes. Look at those eyes. You see those eyes? Their eyesight is so good. They are known to be put on a 50-yard line of an American football field. And they can see a cricket on the other goalpost and run over there and grab it. Amazingly visual animals. But unlike the chameleon, they change color, but not for defense purposes, more for sunning mm-hmm. and for you know showing off to the girls. Yeah, bit. communicational. Yeah. See how he's kind for of dark right things. now? He's probably trying to absorb a little more of that light, more absorb a little more of that light for heating purposes. <laughs> and then he'll puff out that throat there, that beard. He'll make his face very large. He'll Who puff has it a better out. beard? Hmm. Oh, not you shaved me. yours. Yeah, I shaved, you shaved my, your head as well. Yeah, my, my head got shaved for childhood cancer. But you see this right here. That'll make him look bigger for other males when he's looking for females, but also scare off his birds of prey who are trying to eat him. Oh, yeah. So he'll go like that, he'll puff it out, he'll flatten his body like a pancake. And no one likes to eat a spiky pancake, right? Not, yum, not yum. But tell me about his defense mechanism. They're so cool. Defense mechanism wise, they're mostly going to try to hide. <laughs> These guys are going to avoid any kind of conflict, even each other. They're very solitary. Uh, beard dragons will actually live in harem situations or scenarios, kind of like sea lions, which is kind of cool. Um, they will not necessarily have as close contact with the other, like, like sea lions do. Um, but these guys will let all the girlfriends that they can into their territory because they really like the ladies. But if another male shows up, it is going to be not so great. Um, but these guys are completely solitary. You'll, you'll never really see chameleons together unless it's time for breeding. So they will obviously come together for mating purposes, which by the way, they are a live-bearing lizard. Oh, they can give live birth. Viviparous? Oviviparous. <laughs> means the eggs are hatched inside of themselves. That's right. So they do have eggs. They're much softer. Um, and mom chameleon will just kind of give a, a pseudo live birth after that. So they are oviviparous, which is pretty cool. Um, and these guys, um, like I said, are completely solitary. They're going to avoid conflict, avoid predators, hide. But a lot of people assume that their color change is only for blending into things. And actually, it's more for temperature control, like you were saying, oh, and also communication. Even though they're a solitary, <laughs> he's like, bye. Even though they're a solitary animal, he's um, the they do, probably. He's, he's a hungry hippo over there. <laughs> you got your pygmy hippo after all. <laughs> uh, even though he's a solitary creature by nature, they still communicate with each other for territorial disputes, mating purposes, courtship, things like that. And to show stress or any kind of mood change. They're kind of like a living mood ring in that sense. So that's really why chameleons change color. And they change color with their uh, chromatophores, which are special pore-like properties on their skin that can open and close. I will say this, this animal right here that I'm holding is very popular, uh, popular pet item. The reasoning is they're, they're fairly cheap, but you can't, they're actually, you can't import these from Australia anymore. Every bearded dragon you see in the United States is born here in the United States. So the wildlife trade of bearded dragons has decreased. However, it doesn't stop uh, wildlife uh, exporters to give them to Asia and things of that nature. So be smart where you're getting these animals from. I got to advise against it though. They require a tremendous size terrarium, uh, a lot of heat, live crickets, vegetation, dead crickets, you could do that too. Handling, if you want this animal to be as calm as the animal I'm holding here right now, Eddie, mm-hmm. and Eddie Lizard, get it? Um, oh, that's Izzard, cute. He's Eddie. named after Eddie Vetter. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, Eddie but, Izzard, Lizard. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but uh, I like that. <laughs> handleable like this, you're going to make sure you do your research first, and uh, and then you're going to have to handle the animal. Uh, right now, as you can see, I'm having to work through even even the the best uh, ambassador. <laughs> they still get squirmy, so I try oh, to yeah. support him as much as I can. A lot of times we get phone calls, even at the wild side, for people that have these animals and they're neglected. 
Uh, they haven't taken care of them properly. They haven't given them proper humidity. So their skin is, is rotting on their back or they're, they're not eating well. So their bones are brittle or they're, they're underweight. Yeah. So that's when I call friends like Once in a Wild or Zoomagination or, or other organizations I've worked with to say, hey, can you give this animal a home? Let's stop me having to make those phone calls. Mm -hmm. And the way we stop that is folks that don't get in too deep. If you have experience, use your experience. If you want experience, gain experience. But don't just dive in the deep end. He's about to dive right off your hand right he now. Is. Those roaches are goners. So Eddie's actually a rescue. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we won't let them hang out down below, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> the roaches are put away. Um, Eddie's actually a rescue. He was a runaway. He's running right off your hand right now. But he was actually either a runaway or set free kind of scenario. Mm. Uh, he was found in somebody's neighborhood right here in San Antonio, just roaming around in uh, broad daylight in a neighborhood. Showed up on somebody's back porch or front porch. I forget which it wasn't my porch. So I don't know. Um, and a then stoop of sorts. a stoop. And they were uh, able to, the people that found him, a good Samaritan, they were able to um, contact one of my friends who works at San Antonio zoo in the reptile department. And she was able to take him in get him nice and healthy, make sure he was okay. And they put out flyers and uh, of course, internet notifications that they had found mm -hmm. him and nobody claimed him. So he ended up, coming here to live with us and be an animal ambassador. But we don't know if somebody abandoned or lost him, but that's of course not encouraged as well. So if you find yourself in a weird scenario where you're like, oh my gosh, I, I've adopted this exotic pet or any pet, dog, cat, rabbit, doesn't matter what it is, goat. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, don't just let them free in your neighborhood or anywhere. It's actually not legal and uh, not good for the animals. If it had, it had been winter time, he would have not made it. Mm -hmm. And uh, he probably wouldn't have been able to find food on his own. And he might've uh, succumbed to predators like feral cats mm -hmm. or dogs and hit by a car. I mean, you name it. It's just not a good scenario for anybody involved. And he's not even from here. He's an invasive species. If you yeah. were to uh, be Make out on the loose in Texas. Places, folks. That's right. Love lizards, unless you're though. ready, unless you're ready, don't adopt. <laughs> But this if you so are ready, adopt before um, purchasing, like you were saying before, like um, we don't really know sometimes where these guys are coming from. They might be imported, which is not legal anymore. It can happen. Um, these guys are actually still imported, unfortunately, from Kenya. And uh, it's really not a good choice to make if you want any sort of pet is an imported pet. Um, you want to uh, either adopt from a reputable breeder or somewhere that they're looking for a rescue to rehome an animal. Yeah. Super cool. But um, remember, chameleon's not the best choice. Very fragile. They can um, get lots of illnesses and all sorts of things. They also don't show a whole lot of signs of illness until it's usually too late. And if you don't know what you're looking for, even if you do know what you're looking for, it's typically not going to be a good scenario. They also don't live very long at all. Um, anywhere from three, maybe seven, maybe 10 is the maximum life expectancy for the species, the Days. Xanthalopus. <laughs> Years. <laughs> uh, for the Xanthalopus Jackson's chameleon on uh, basically what I was told six is seven it's a good long old lifespan um but every now and then 10 can be possible just like a human can live to be 100 or so <laughs> sometimes it just kind of depends and these guys typically live to 12 to 15 so there's a little bit of a difference but i've seen well. i've seen him go uh, i had one at 18 before oh very good, good i didn't good know care. that yeah. that's very good very old though he did yeah that's a lot. super old <laughs> These are really cool. So Retired. please think about it. Think about before getting, getting an animal like this as a pet, but they are super, super awesome creatures. And then we have an insectivore carnivore here, and we have an omnivore over here. He'll eat anything. And this is also an omnivore as well. I will, yeah. <laughs> Unless you're Brussels sprouts. I do not want you. Uh, he might eat Brussels sprouts. Probably He's will. not very picky. Okay, he likes salad, fruits, and vegetables roach. as well Pick as... Pick your least favorite roach. Oh, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> He'll get some dubia roaches after the show. <laughs> so we do feed him dubia roaches, um, super worms. Um, crickets, as well as a salad with mixed greens and all sorts of fun things. And then uh, Samuel gets all sorts of different bugs. 
and he's kind of a shy eater. He won't really eat in front of people, which is kind of a bummer. Which what though we did a video on the wild side yes, for check it out. with Camille, and she actually got Samuel to uh, eat. Oh no, it was it was Janet. It was Janet. That's right, Jack. Well, she got a Jackson's chameleon <laughs> to eat on the show in slow mo. Cool. So we've got a really cool shot of a slow mo tongue whack, grabbing the uh, the cricket and eating it. So it's really neat. Check out that video on YouTube. Uh, the Jackson's chameleons from Once in a Wild on the Wild Side. Hi, Ash Eels is one of our biggest fans all the way from Miami, Florida. <gasps> it's actually, Miami. It's actually three uh, three triplets and wow. their mom. They always watch the show. They're Hi, really Ash. supportive. And he said, it's really nice for you to shave your head for childhood. Yeah, cancer. you know, I've been I've been uh, supporting the St. Baldrick's Foundation for uh, a few years now. St. Baldrick's? St. Baldrick's Foundation. It was, is that a pun? No, it's not. That was, That's I, I, so cute. Maybe it is. I don't know. But we, uh, we raise money because uh, what St. Baldrick's does is it, it funds childhood cancer research mm. uh, and, and trying to find a cure. Now, many organizations help families get through it. Um, but yeah, this yeah. one is actually funding research. So uh, I raised some money. I grew my hair for seven months. I haven't been doing any videos since then because I've been kind of shaggy. But now that it's gone, I'm getting back on the on the <laughs> filming train. Uh, but we just shaved on Saturday, and uh, it was amazing. Yeah, raised over three thousand dollars personally awesome. with my head, and then the team that I was with, we raised over uh, fifty thousand dollars for. How did you country. raise the money? People on social media donated. Oh, very good. Uh, even very people good. right here that are watching, they, okay, they donated. So thank you all if you donated. Thank Appreciate you. that. Uh, and we'll do it again in March. Holy cow. Yeah, Gosh, holy that's... cow. <laughs> very, very good. Okay, we have one more animal category. Ooh, okay. This animal, literally all the time, people say, I want one, I want one. It's going to be the animal that I'm holding. Um, a lot of people will want the animal that Clay's going to be holding as well. And that's the one I recommend highly, highly uh, over the other one. Okay. So you, the first one, I'll, you, I will you show you. First. Yes. I'll just sit right here and then I'll go grab retrieve mine. this wild African so predator. While she's doing that, folks, uh, no matter yes. all the animals we show you, <laughs> these animals are handled uh, daily. They're, they're very, they're very well mannered. Not all the animals that we get to work with or even animals that are for purchase uh, for you guys, they don't come out like this. This takes work. This animal in particular, it takes a lot of work. So I'm going to let her do that while I'm getting this one out. Check okay, this out. Here she comes. She's awfully cute. It's Shirley, the African hedgehog. So we have a Laverne and a Shirley here at Once in a Wild. And uh, they are actually siblings. They're sisters. And people are very fascinated with hedgehogs. They're very popular due to good old Sonic and uh, people knowing them through the cartoons and things. Um, but they're really not a good pet for most people. Um, I'm not necessarily hating on you if you happen to have a hedgehog. Uh, Clay's going to bring in another animal alternative, mammal species, not just himself. <laughs> but he He's got one. You can actually lift him up if you okay, want yeah. to. He's okay with okay. it. This kind of right like here, you would like a dog or something. This right here is a guinea pig. <laughs> Look at this. Tell me his name again. That's Dexter. Dexter, the beautiful black coat. I mean, Isn't this guy's raven black. <laughs> now, this is a very popular pet item. Uh, I've had one personally. Uh, they're very, very cute little animals, but very active. Very active. Love they're awake for 20 hours a day. Oh only sleep for four hours a day um, maximum. Like the anti, and it's only like, in like little nets. They're the anti-sloth. Yeah. They're the anti-sloth. Yeah. I wish I had that kind of energy. No way. I should just eat grass and hay and veggies like them. <laughs> a lot of people love these animals because, you know, with some handling, they can be quite, you know, cute and cuddly. Absolutely. But you got to understand, same thing. Their nails can overgrow. Yes. Their teeth can overgrow. They uh, are rodents. Yeah, they are rodents. Their teeth are constantly growing. Um, he needs to munch on a variety of food, uh, a, a varied diet. You got to give him good exercise. The habitats that typically are for sale for these animals are inadequate. It's not best. what you want. <laughs> it's not what you want. You have to give them big play yards to, to run around in. 
So if you're not going to put the time in, a guinea pig is not mm -hmm. uh, something. Why do they call them guinea pigs? Though? They're not pigs. That's a great question. They're not pigs. They're actually rodents, just like a rat or a mouse or a squirrel, hamster. All those guys are in the same family group. They're uh, rodents. Um, they get their name rodent from the dentation in their mouth, which is their teeth. And that is their ever-growing incisors on top and mm -hmm. bottom. Porcupines are also rodents. Mm -hmm. My favorite rodents. Capybaras, Patagonian cavies. Yeah. So many cool ones. Uh, squirrels in your backyard, like I said before mice and rats um so they uh what were we talking about i forgot why, why are they called guinea pigs oh why are they called guinea pigs they're rodents and not pigs right they make a squealing sound like a pig they make oh. actually about 14 or 15 different vocalizations to communicate because they're very social and they talk to each other with their voices um but they so this the squealing part comes is the pig part the guinea part is not the country of guinea it's actually their cost when they were brought over to oh. europe from south america which is actually where they're from they were um domesticated roughly five thousand years ago by the Incas down in South America for food purposes and they became an easy to keep little pet for kind of like their families and, and cost things. a guinea cost a guinea in Europe um, when they brought them over as pets wow. for like royalty and very very like kind of just like a common household pet like a cat or a dog um, they were like kind of the the poor man's pig <laughs> so a guinea pig oh, isn't that neat and I you can, you I can. don't tell Dexter but they did eat them back in the day they are a farmed animal but they quickly delicious. became they quickly became a take a little lick <laughs> they quickly became a very popular pet because mm -hmm. they're super easy to care for um, they're very social they're domesticated now which is wonderful which is a big difference between a hedgehog and a guinea mm -hmm. pig number one is going to be their their totally different species than their origin species so these guys the origin species that they come from the cavy that came from south america like yeah. i said there's Very other cavy yeah. species but the the species that they come from is no longer alive they are extinct i in didn't the wild. know that. i always thought it was the patagonian but you're telling mm -hmm. me that there's an extinct cavy there's actually several different cavy or cavy that they species. derive from it's all gone. This is amazing. Yeah. So they're domesticated. They're a separate species. Um, I don't even think they can interbreed with their wild counterparts that they existed anymore. Um, and so they're so totally separate. They are very used to humans for the most part. It still takes a lot of work to get them socialized, like he was talking about. They're But they're naturally social. They don't usually bite. Um, they're very gentle. They're always kind of looking out for snacks and fun things. They are very active, though, so they require a lot of space and it's cleanup. so warm. You guys don't even realize. So warm. It's so warm right now on me. very on soft. Me. Very soft. A lot softer than this animal. Yeah, tell us about this guy. <laughs> this animal, by comparison, she's a wild animal. She's an African hedgehog. Although African hedgehogs are pretty common in the pet trade, if you will, um, and have been bred in the care of humans for a long time, they haven't been bred as long as the guinea pig. So they're not a separate species from their wild cousin. They're still a wild animal by heart. Um, so they're not really going to be fond of being held for the most part. Some hedgehogs, just like Shirley here, they're pretty used to being held, so she's pretty good. Um, but she's not going to want to be held for very long. And uh, they're also not soft. <laughs> they're soft on their belly, but their defense mechanism, as you can see, is, is to ball up and I'm basically, she's feeling the back, her back, my hand on her back. And that instinctively is going to cause her to go into defense mode. I'm not trying to scare her or anything, but I want you guys to see the, the realisticness of their behavior. Um, they don't really like to be picked up. They're not even social with each so other. Angry, right so there, angry, um, so an angry, grumpy. Even the little, the little hisses are like, so we, it, we saw, I saw someone ask about that. I saw, uh, here, this guy, go ahead, go ahead. I'm going to hit this button. I'm learning how to do this. Uh, why does the hedgehog sound like it's hissing or sneezing? That's the Bless defense you. mechanism. That's, <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're, so they're... hissing in the animal kingdom typically means leave me alone. It's kind of a universal language. These guys make a ton of different noises to communicate with each other. Hedgehogs are not social. So they're usually very quiet until they feel like they have to, you know, uh, speak up for themselves, if you yeah. will, and defend themselves. An insectivore right here. The insectivore. Bugs. That's right. Uh, 
herbivore over herbivore here. Right here. Hay. A lot of people feed them Timothy hay when they yes. have them. Um, you can feed them different vegetables too, right. crushed up vegetables. Uh, but grains, I see them eating grains a Sometimes, lot. Yep. But you want to be careful what you feed the, the guinea pig. A lot of people overfeed a guinea pig. Yes, they get very rotund. <laughs> guinea pig Chunky and that's, potato. that's not good because these animals have very small legs their joints can't take that weight for the most part and their their lack of uh, physical ability will then have a lack of movement and that lack of movement could that, that lethargy can get them sick and they can pass away so mm -hmm. overfeeding your pet uh, can also lead to their demise. So you have to be very careful. Very true. Now you notice that I haven't been bringing the guinea pig up into the camera very much. I'm so happy that it's comfortable. This is the choice that we that we work That's with fine. animals we we make. I'm so happy that it's just relaxed. I'm touching it. It's not breathing. It's not doing anything. I'm not doing that. Uh, it's not doing anything well, like that. Well, he is breathing. Yeah. I'm not he's, well, he is puffing breathing. like a But he's really hedgehog. relaxed and, and calm, so I want to reinforce that. I'm not really doing anything. Dexter being fine. so good. He's a good boy for holding. Uh, but I have to tell you, folks, guinea pigs, hedgehogs, rats, Hamsters are the the number one people get a hamster and they don't realize how destructful that destruction destruct. Oh my gosh! I can't talk either. Don't feel bad. I'm Chinchillas. Like embarrassed. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> lots of rodents. So please be careful when you're making your decisions. Adopt. Do not shop. Uh, and help these animals out. Help to educate the world about them because even though they're not a blue whale, they're right. not. Uh, <laughs> they're not a rhino. They're not a tiger. They're still very important for their uh, part in the world. Now, some animals like this, much like a reindeer, have been domesticated. Their yeah. genes have been shrunk. Yeah, super cool. This is an animal you could find, the African pygmy uh, hedgehog. Yeah. You can also find hedgehogs in uh, Europe, right on the doorstep. And you can find a species of hedgehog <laughs> called the tenric in Madagascar. And these animals are uh, more arboreal. Look at them. And, and there's a couple species of tenric. They're super similar to hedgehogs. There's also hedgehogs in Asia as well. These animals are incredible, but as you can see, she's a professional. And by the way, for wait, those wait, of you wait. wondering, she cannot. This animal cannot shoot its quills. No, it cannot. It, it's these are just modified hairs, folks. Porcupines the same thing, just modified hairs. <laughs> right in the eye. <laughs> uh, but and these animals, their quills are actually a little differently structured than a porcupine's as well. They're not these these hollowed out little things. Uh, they don't have rattled quills. They're just modified, sharpened hairs. Jumping and that's actually she almost did the one thing that really hurts with a hedgehog. Uh, when you put your finger right there and then they close up on your finger, holy guacamole, that hurts. They can actually seal right Look up for protection. Look at that. And I know she's, she's being a little grumpy. This is actually pretty normal for a hedgehog. Hedgehogs yeah. don't really care for being messed with. <laughs> so not a very good pet and certainly not soft, except for on their belly. But he's great. Like he's just sitting still, yeah. being soft and being himself, just kind of looking around like, oh. And also hedgehogs are nocturnal. These guys are crepuscular. So they're dusk up, and they're, dawn. They're dusk and dawn mostly. But again, they're hours. up for 20 hours a day. Can you imagine them having that kind of energy? I would love that. People ask about sleep in animals a lot. Like, yes. how, 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 long is, how long is it sleep? How long is it sleep? Folks, All animals day. don't sleep like people. We <laughs> no. can knock out for 8 to 10 to 12 hours. I know Ricky, he does like 14 a night. So <laughs> No, he does not. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> we, we sleep a lot because we're comfortable in the food chain. Lions sleep 20 to 21 hours. Mm -hmm. Sloths different. It's a defense mechanism, about 20, right. 23 hours a day. But animals, it's like a reverse sloth. It's like a reverse so sloth, cool. sloth. But like a gazelle, a Thompson's gazelle, not 45 minutes a day in a 24-hour period, they're sleeping. Isn't that incredible? And it's short little bursts of power naps, power naps. Horses are about These an hour and a half. Because they're prey. Yeah, so they're always kind of like on the lookout. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whereas the the uh, hedgehog is also potentially prey, but they're actually a predator, mm -hmm. and they're strictly nocturnal. They wait for it to be pretty much pitch black in the savannas of Africa where they're from. You know what their main food is? What? 
Termites. Termites in Africa. I was, so gonna, I, I was almost things. gonna say scorpions because they seem like they, they can. can. One. They yeah. can eat the scorpions. That is not a problem. They can eat all kinds of uh, invertebrates, and even lizards and things. But termites are their main food source. That's why the studio so is so many. well built. We have these animals <laughs> patrolling for termites. I know. There's no holes in our house. <laughs> um, but they are little predators themselves, and really have very few enemies when they are healthy and and younger like this, um, because of their spines, right? Um, do you know what animal actually eats them? Commonly, though, I'm going it's to be guess... one one species, one type of species. Oh, Whoa. Just jump out of my hand. A bird of prey, maybe. Correct. Yeah, which I would one? think the honey badger. Which one would be out at night? Pay. Play. Oh, which bird of prey? Who, who are you talking about? Who would it be? <laughs> it's the owl, of course, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so these guys, um, owls will actually eat them because their talons can pick them up without touching the spines and stay safe from their, their feet getting poked. Also, owls have really tough feet with scales all over their feet. Who would eat this little guy? Um, those guys, almost anyone in Incans? South America. Incans, that? I was gonna say humans. Yeah. <laughs> um, Someone just said in... on the thing, they saw the Bizarre the bizarre Foods episode on guinea pigs. Oh, how funny. Which is probably not a lie, I and mean, it's probably true. I really don't think it's that bizarre to eat a prey animal, but I mean, no. bizarre for us. Well, I mean, you think about people in India, I think it's where we eat cows, and we have- I think it's, yeah, I think it's It's a cultural thing, <laughs> So Shirley's actually gonna go back down. She is absolutely done. <laughs> but Shirley, you can't be serious, Shirley. Shirley, you can't be serious. And stop calling me Shirley. So Shirley, again, a beautiful species, a very cute animal. I do understand why people love them across the globe, but it's not what you see on Instagram. Uh, it's not gonna be like this perfect picture of her just loving you. As you can see, she is not loving this. So it's time for her like to go the rest. MMA fighter of the, the and we'll continue to talk about the guinea pig. Well, you know I just what? want to make sure you guys see that. Yeah, and while we're while we're kind of wrapping up here with yeah. this little guy here, this is very important what she's doing, folks. She just showed you the realistic, the real mm -hmm. life, what it's like to handle a hedgehog. And for those of you who are out there, maybe want to get a job in the zoological field, they're not all rainbows. Sometimes you really got to work and listen to the animal, listen to what they're showing you, listen to how they're moving in your hands, listen to what they're doing when they're moving across the habitat. Your observations should be much higher than your actions at all times. So she made an observation getting a little uh a little more hissy than normal although it's still very normal behavior mm -hmm. she just wanted to you know you know let's take a break she's for done. a second she's done <laughs> and it's and bright okay. in here as well it's got bright yeah. lights and i'm sure she's a little bit uncomfortable and there her smile is piercing off. so like how can you work through that darkness <laughs> this animal on the other hand you shouldn't name him edgar for he looks like the raven edgar allen yeah, he's yeah. so dark and he's so warm but this is what people assume all small mammal handling is like they're just gonna love on you it's not um I'm only making it look this way because he's so good at being an ambassador. I'm also he cheating. Is. I'm using my body as support. I'm using my hand and arm as support. I'm completely cheating so I can still use this hand to talk. That's 16 and a half years of experience right there. Um, but a lot of times <laughs> you'll see uh, these animals portrayed as cute and cuddly. They don't, they're not born that way. Although some animals like guinea pigs have dispositions to be like that. Mm -hmm. You can make your animal at home, your cat, your dog, and you can do that. Just take the time. Take the time. There's, there's some of them do are are predisposed to being su mm -hmm. sweet lovers, but you have to put the time in. Yeah, I love. Yeah, these and critters. they're all individuals as well. So keep that in mind with any animal whatsoever. There's always exceptions to every rule. Um, but when you're adopting, hopefully you're adopting and not shopping for your guinea pig if you want a guinea pig. Mm -hmm. Um, I was gonna mention there's actually a great rescue here in town called Second Chance KV right here in San Antonio. I didn't know that. They actually typically will pair them up. They're already pair bonded. So guinea pigs are very social. Typically they do better in pairs or trios mm -hmm. rather than being alone. 
Sometimes you get a guinea pig that doesn't like other guinea yeah. pigs, just like you get a dog or a human for that matter that doesn't like their own kind. Um, but most of the time they will have them already paired up in the same gendered pair so you don't get more babies, right? Mm -hmm. That's another really important thing to think about with pets. Um, I might go ahead and do a full guinea pig episode one of these days. I did a rabbit episode and I did a bird episode on their care. And you guys can refer to those videos if you're interested in those animals. But these guys are have a lot of misconceptions on their care because like he was saying earlier, their cages are really small that you, that you potentially could buy at the pet store they're really not good for them there's much better alternatives and uh, just because they're a great pet doesn't make them necessarily easy or low maintenance i would say the guinea pigs are actually one of our higher maintenance cleanup animals uh, they are up for 20 hours a day and they're pooping constantly and eating lots of food all the time so we clean them up twice a day we have four guinea pigs total so they take a lot, of, a lot of guinea pig poop yep but they're worth it <laughs> and they're wonderful animal ambassador. This animal is doing so good that now I'm going to reinforce it by putting it down. It's Sounds good. good job. So That's I'm going to put it over here. <laughs> and you might also be in the splash zone of some sort. So you want to limit your holding of your guinea pig if you happen to have one at home. And just for your information, Clay, they, they do potentially. I'm wet. No, I'm kidding. I'm not wet at all. Hey, that has happened on the show before where we had one of our guinea pigs and he was like, um, we were like, oh, it's time to go. Yeah. <laughs> but that's part of the job too, right? Yeah, getting peed on is part of the job. You've been in all kinds of different splash yeah. zones. Some like, that is like, why <laughs> am I here right now? Yeah, a lot of, lot of what's weird. The, what's the, um, the weirdest thing clothes, to get pooped on? The weirdest animal you've ever been pooped or pooped Ooh, on by? Uh, I would say. Or your favorite one. My favorite one to get the pooped bird. on is, no, no, the favorite one is the lemur. <laughs> Because oh, it's that's a, not my this cascade of uh, oh, gosh, no. undigested fruit chunks comes down, and you smell horrible for a long time. Mm -hmm. um, that's my favorite one to get the crowd reaction. But the most oh really you yeah, like that? I like the most unique poop <laughs> I've ever seen. I have to be honest. The pelican. I thought you were gonna say your kids. No, 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 no. Pelicans are pelicans right. are just like a <laughs> right at you. So and you know holding one, and if it turns around, you're like, oh no. Fun, oh you want to hear a fun poop story? Of course. This is my, my second favorite number story. Uh, but <laughs> I had, I took two Magellanic penguins. They were christening this brand new Southwest Airlines uh, themed plane. It looked like a penguin. So we got invited really? to be the penguin people. I with, the Oracle one. Yeah, but they, they had a penguin one? later on, later on after, um, what was the movie? I'm so sorry, I'm blanking. The March of the Penguins? Yes. After that came out, penguins <laughs> got really hot, right? So they're really, really popular. So we took these penguins on the Southwest Airlines. It literally came out of the unveiling, flew from Dallas to San Antonio for this big event. So they snuck us on the tarmac into this beautiful, <laughs> pristine plane. Everything smelled amazing. And I took the penguin out of the kennel and I had that penguin out of the kennel for no more than 10 seconds. And I mean, so bad. the most penguin poop I've ever seen. It You're come making out of it one sound bird. like it comes out of the mouth. No, well, no, that's the noise. It comes out of the, the back end. And I projectile scrubbed. Uh, I mean, yeah, penguin one. That's what exactly it was. I I was with the first that penguin one. that pooped in penguin Beautiful. one. And I'm scrubbing the floor and they've got TV stations and people <laughs> out there. They've got this big ticker tape parade. We're supposed to come out of the terminal and they're going to come into the plane. And I'm on the ground. Like, and you're like, no, no. I, when, when the people started entering the plane, I took my left foot and I put it over the poop spot. And I was like, meet Pete and Penny. Ha ha ha. So yeah, that oh, plane, huh. um, Flew the air with penguin Pete poop after I cleaned. Were their it names really Pete and Penny? No, those were stage names. We had Shamu. Kermit and Maggie uh, were Aww. my favorite two penguins to, to fly with. Maggie they, and I were they nice penguins? Amazing. Oh, Maggie goodness. and I have been on more. That's trips. not always the case either. My, like if you put my wife, my kids, my mom and dad, all my aunts and uncles together in a pot, and you say how many times have we been on the road together, and then you put Maggie on another column with me and her. I've been on the road more times with Maggie than my so entire cute. family together. Have you had uh, any experience with 
not so nice penguins. Oh yeah, there's a penguin named Humphrey who, in the middle of a show, bit me right here oh, and then no. spun my lip while I'm talking to these kids and I'm holding it like that and I'm just keeping professional. But he's got me by the. They by have the razor lip. sharp bills, it just so you know. Hurt. And I don't mean like money bills. I mean like yeah, they don't make it rain. <laughs> they make it hurt. Yeah. But his name was Humphrey. Yeah. I used to get bitten in the shins all the time by <sighs> penguins. Yeah like straight up attack you. Penguins are super cute and wonderful animals, mm -hmm. but not what people think. It's not like a cartoon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but every now and then you get like super wonderful yeah. disposition disposition ping penguins. Love Maggie. Say that five times. Disposition, disposition penguins. penguins. <laughs> this has been so much fun being on I'm the so once in a while Wednesday. This has been a lot of fun we'll in the purple void. Again. Yeah, in the purple void. Well, if you guys have enjoyed the show, feel free to comment down below and subscribe and uh, follow and leave all sorts of uh, tags on your, for your friends. I can't even talk tonight. Do all the things. We're that's all a free way. <laughs> that's a free way to help us out is by following us on all of our social media links, which are down below in the description box for you down here somewhere in the void. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you want to tip or leave a donation for once in a while, you know what to do. Venmo, Cash Up, and PayPal, and our Amazon wish list over at onceinawhile.com is another option. Or we'd love to see you for your own animal encounter with any of the animals we've met today. You can actually get a little bit of a taste of a hedgehog. Don't literally taste them, but you can like see what they're like in person and then not have to actually adopt one. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever animals you would like to see or meet for yourself virtually or in person, you can actually choose for yourself. Mm -hmm. uh, and we would love to see you sometime soon. What else do you want to tell the people before we say goodbye? What is what is your, your goal for this year and your message to the people? How about that? What would you like for, for people to... to go home with tonight. <laughs> uh, my goal for this Not year would be, <laughs> um, I don't, I don't, I don't think anyone should forget what we've been through in the last That's couple right. of years, That's right. but I do, my goal for everyone out there is laugh more, Aww. laugh more, learn more and subscribe to the wild side. That's really all I want you yes, to do. Yes. Make sure and but, subscribe. I uh, know. Honestly, laugh more, make your friends laaugh more. And, uh, and that's what I'd hope. I'd hope we do. Okay. It's been yeah. a lot of fun. You guys have been <laughs> wonderful out there. I didn't make her laugh. Didn't no. make her laugh. Or flinch. Mission failed. <laughs> We've been Long. laughing a lot. I got it at the end. <laughs> All righty, you guys. We'll see you next week. Same time, same place. Different guests. Different guests. President Obama next week. Oh my gosh. How got? did you know? Well, I saw the Secret I Service scope. I would love outside. that. <laughs> yeah. All righty, you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye.